Hello and welcome to Bonsai Bitter Banter Podcast, episode two. Today we have Chris Doran, who is a good friend, father of three mental kids, and also runs Reaper Grappling Gym. How are you doing, Chris? Hi, good mate. Yourself? Hi, not bad. Enjoying lockdown? <laughs> I enjoy a, a word I would use loosely, but I definitely. <laughs> you missing the gym? It's, it's been better, to be honest. Like, for me personally, anyway, um, no no one's running about as much, so it's been a bit of a break, but... Mm-hmm. I do miss the training. I miss the gym. Ah, I think a lot of people are like that. Right, yeah, so tell us a bit about yourself, Chris. Cheers. Um, I don't really know where to start. <clears throat> I've PT'd for probably about seven years. Been training longer. Um, again, for different reasons, but started with wanting to see myself change, seeing other people change, and enjoying the process and the journey with the people. <clears throat> um, took a took a few injuries. I got a hernia, shoulder injury. Took a bit of time out of training. Um, stopped lifting and started jujitsu, and mm-hmm. I've been doing that for the last kind of maybe f- three years. Just about three years. I just gone three years. Um, since I, since I started doing that, I've now opened my own gym, as you as you say, deeper. Um, but that kind of started as a, a clothing brand as well. So I've just kind of grew it for there, and here we are here in lockdown. How long ago started. was it you started the gym? So I started the gym probably about a year ago. Uh, I start, as I says, so I actually started off as a, a clothing brand. I wanted to just sell the hoodies. It was more for like passive income. Mm-hmm. How we make a bit of money without actually having to no, no work for it, but no be in the gym slaving away. So I started off selling hoodies. I was looking to then move into like um, gym apparel, so rashes, fight shorts, um, anything else that you could kind of throw in on top of that. But <clears throat> circumstances then led me to leave the gym that I was previously training at, where I'm not getting into. And um, from there, I, the guys that the guys that wanted to follow followed. Aye, aye, that's it. Aye. And they just kind of took off for there. So that's been me for a year now. I've started, actually started in a wee place in Linwood. And it was just meant to be a couple of classes. Like I was only going to teach ladies self-defence. Mm-hmm. And then from there, we kind of went from that to two classes a week to four to two different gyms that are now, now in Linwood, where a Thai, a Thai club have joined us as well, the base Muay Thai under Bobby I've Quinn. seen the pictures of the gym. That it looks, the new mat that you've got down the floor looks quality. Nah, it's, nice. Nah, Nobody's been on it, but... <laughs> <laughs> right, so before we get into the actual topics, yep. name your top book on your bookshelf. Uh, well, currently the book that I'm enjoying, I, I, I wouldn't really have a top, I don't have a top ending, so... For me, I'm, I'm reading uh, the little book of Stoicism, which right. I'm quite enjoying because it's the philosophy of how to live your best life and avoid... Hashtag living your best life. <laughs> <laughs> <Pretty much. laughs> but it's no, you've obviously heard the, the term stoic, mm-hmm. but it's not about being miserable or straight-faced. It's about being able to handle your emotions, whether it be happy. You've got to be happy in yourself, not being happy outside of things and houses and big cars and... Mm-hmm. It's been able to manage depression and anxiety as well. So it's a, it's a, it's a good, like it's a good a simplistic life. life. Kinda, I've been yeah. being happy with a lot, but always try to be the best you. So never, mm-hmm. never, never just been settled. Like you're still trying to push yourself, but never thinking you're above anyone or you're above your emotions. What did you say it was called again? It's called the Little Book of Stoicism. Nice. It's just it's just right. been released. It's a great book. Oh, is it? Well, oh, eating hunger in the brain or something like that. That's what I've been reading. Like. It's something about how your brain works and food and that, but it's, that's quite interesting. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. 
Right, so let's get into it. So why did you start PTing? So, as I was saying before there, um, I started training for myself, but I think it will tie in with the mental health side that we're going to speak about later, but I had a really poor self-image. I was suffering with anxiety. I was really underweight, bad relationship breakdowns. I think I was about 10 and a half stone. I also had experience of drugs before. Not nothing heavy, just, mm-hmm. just your standard party stuff, yeah. but it was taking its toll on me. And then I had a baby. I had my first child. Um, about nine years ago and that was really the kind of the second factor that changed my life like I mm-hmm. just went from drinking and smoking all the time to then totally abstaining from all of it um, and that probably happened about fully like properly like taking it serious about 21 like I probably started lifting and dedicated to it versus when I was just you know the old saying eat everything that's no nail to the floor sort of thing right. I was doing that first so I went from being really skinny to then piling on a whole lot of body fat right. that I had no use for um, and then I started, as I say, getting passion for it. I started learning, doing my own research, about nutrition, about training, how to do it properly, how to structure your training. And I enjoyed that side. And people seen the results that I got. So once I had finished, not finished myself, you're always working on yourself, but once I had got to a level, I was training my pals and they got to a level, people started asking me if I could train them. And eventually mm-hmm. I just wanted to, I think I had my second, my second child, Kira. And I just thought, I said, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm just going to take the plunge and, I started the, the career in it as well. It wasn't that popular back then when you started either, was it? No, to... no, and it was really hard to get to get into it. So when I started, or when I wanted to start, it was years ago. I did my HNC in sports coaching when I was twenty, um, but there was no career path in PT. You had to still pay five grand separately for all the courses, yeah. and it was very minimal back then. It was there was like two or three providers. Now there's. 20 odd providers so they're, they're only charging you a grand maybe less but you can also now go down the route that we met in which was going to college yeah. and you can do your hnc and uh, health and fitness and your hnd which leads into other stuff so yeah so that was the kind of the route i had to go down was i had to save up um for a few months and just live off my own thing like my own income i left my job and i did a six weeks crash course and became a pt which is pathetic really when you think about it but Aye. Yeah, it's, it's, knowledge, at least. it's that old thing though it doesn't matter whether I would say like you can go to college for three four years or you can go and do a no six-week course it's really you as the person how you're going to come out a coach it's you yeah. get people that go four years to college and are still shit at PT you know, yeah, we both, yeah, we both know them like people like that so it's just it really just depends on the person you no know, that's my yeah. belief anyway. yeah totally man like I, I was in I was in the course with the guys that were um, who just left fucking working in a call centre and now they're, now they're now a PT but they never did it was never their passion it was just something today you know so they've just paid like excuse me four grand to do a course that they'll never ever do anything which is excuse me again in my, in my mental it's just nuts yeah. I think but then it's an air less one a lot, a lot of people like the idea of being a PT until they actually <laughs> understand what you need to do and you know yourself, they don't teach you how to run a business. And that's what right. it is. It's a business. It's no, you're not just training someone. You need to know how to do your tax returns. Unless you hire somebody that does your taxes, but I do it myself. Mm-hmm. You've got to do all your, you know, your own promotion, your own marketing. You've got to do your own timetable. You've not got an assistant. You've got nobody to pay your own insurance. You've got no help from MD. So it's not I a glamorous job, man. The way that I think they should change it a bit, you know, to involve more of the sort of social media aspect, because that is a massive part of the job, and that is how yeah. most people get clients. I, I, I think maybe courses now are, are a wee bit more savvy. 
mm-hmm. um, and a bit better quality. And that's that's probably just due to the fact that they're trying to make themselves stand out for the crowd yeah. now because there is it's dime a dozen with these providers and they're about a thousand pounds or cheaper. So they've got to they've got to market themselves somehow, and a lot of them are maybe putting these strategies in, but it's not the same as hand-on experiences. You know, you learn yeah. most in the first year of your day and the first yeah. six weeks of course. I remember walking out of college, and I thought, that's it, I won't be fine. Then six months mm-hmm. in, I thought, I know fuck all. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> fuck all. <laughs> I know absolutely nothing. But I, and then and you, you just need to start again. I you need to learn how to talk to people again and know that. Yeah. Yeah. Language is yeah. a big one. How you speak to somebody and how you put your yes. message across mm-hmm. is massive. Yeah. Right, so how do you think it's changed the fitness industry from you coming in to now? Again, it's, it's sort of similar. Like PTs are now dime a dozen. There's no standards. There's no quality between them. I'm not. I'm not going to sit and downplay every single PT because I know a lot, and there's some great guys out there. But what sets your side is your business. What we're saying. So it's no. It's not the PTs themselves. It's how they run a business and how they market themselves. And a lot of them are. It's all the same. It's all these beach body ready, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like if that's the goal, that's what we all aspire to. But you've got to have something like a niche or something that sets you aside from anybody else. And there's still not a lot of people doing that. It's still the same. Come to me for weight loss. Come to me for a boot camp. Come to yeah. me for this. Come to me for that. Yeah, so that, that's, niche, that's the thing. That it's more saturated, and that's it. It's, there's nothing. What I, what I would like to see, or what I'm trying to gear towards, is really specifics for fitness, for sports, for weight loss, for strength, for there's no real specialists and that's what I think, especially in Renfrewshire anyway, but that's what's missing. There's a lot of bodybuilders, that's massive, that's always going to be the same, but there's not enough aspiring to sports or enough to, to mental health and fitness, that yeah, should be the big I think I think it is as well, just go to what your personality is suited for but, mm-hmm. and what you enjoy doing. You get a lot of people and you try and do it when you first you know, come out of college and you try and put yourself into to get clients that are not going to suit you and you're not going yes, to get on yeah. well with them. And at the end of the day, when you're a PT, you're building up a relationship with somebody. That's what you're, you're doing. You're building up a relationship in order for them to help improve their life. It's not just counting reps and it's not just telling people to yeah, yeah, That's just the sort of basics, but you do end up building that. So you need to be able to get a relationship and a bond with your clients so that then they listen to you and they trust you. And that that's what it is. And I think everybody's jumping on bandwagons nowadays and going, right, yeah. They've done well in that area. I'm going to go and I'm going to do well that, that audience. Yeah. And <laughs> everybody copies. Everybody, which mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's, it's flattering. The people copy, you know. So, but yeah, there's no there's no standouts. There's no separation between people. It's just everybody's the same. I've been in gyms where everybody's doing the same exercises for one PT yeah. that they think's getting great success. You know, like they come in and do time after time the same exercises, the same routines, the same clients, and then. Joe Balls that comes in has just started PT and copies them and it's just a generic, everybody's doing the same stuff. Mm-hmm. So for right. me, like I'm saying, I'd, I'd like to see more people and you're right, relationships massively count. Like you've got to be able to build that rapport with your, your clientele. It's important. No, no, big time. And I think that is the, the one thing that I think I took away from the experience that I've had over the past two or three years is, it's, isn't it just, you can make the best training plan or, the best diet plan, but if your client doesn't feel like they can communicate with you and be honest with you, yeah. you're, you're not going to Well, that, that, that was, that was that always my, my first thing with a client would be, you always get a, a free session, because if I don't like you, and you don't like me, we're not going to do any progress, we're not going to get anywhere, so I'd always do my first session free, and if we don't bond, you don't get to be in the team, and that, that wasn't yeah. just being pig-headed, it was just, I just, I, I, I had I think a few bad 
especially at the beginning, experiences because you are trying to find who you are in that market as well and where you lie and how you should be with a client. And obviously, you've got past experience for other jobs and whatever, but it's not the same when you're so involved in someone's life and try to have a massive impact where you've got to get on. So it's something that you need to be able to do. I think that's been my past job. I've been like a support worker. I think that really transferred well into yeah. you know being like a coach because obviously you're caring for somebody and then you just you're using this similar tactics. You're building up a relationship yeah. with somebody, try to help them, and that's you no. Know, I think that really done me good when I finally yeah. sort of quit that job and then moved fully to this. And it's, yeah, yeah, it's, right, it's done me well yeah. so far. I think one of the points I wanted to make was see when you first started, it was yes, it wasn't as evidence-based see the approach to no, coaching no. it was you seen Arnold Schwarzenegger no, <laughs> doing a certain thing Robbie's. everybody in the gym done that everybody had 12 yep. boiled eggs for their breakfast and if you went with, out with any of these approaches ah, you're, you're not going to get you're results ah, you weren't excited but I've, I've had many a conversation excuse me again sorry um, where I'm talking to people and I, I'm not I'm not belittling people I, I probably sound like I am but I believe in like people need to have high quality PTs. Like you, you need to know your shit, man. So yeah. for me, when I'm sitting talking to people and I'm like, "What rep range are you using, or what what, what zone are you training, or what are you try to achieve, or what are your goals?" And it's just I don't know. I'm just doing ten reps, four sets of ten. Like why? I've been like, doing it for ten why? weeks. Same weight, same rep range. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I, it's 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 even diet as well. Like, meal plans like i just don't believe in meal plans i think it's good to give somebody recipes and tools to yeah. understand what to cook but meal plans don't work like, they're rigid uh-huh they're way too that so if you imagine a woman who's got three kids and yeah. you know works 95 and you're telling her she's got to have this that and that but then what if one of your kids have got a, a class after school what if one of them gets sick no it just doesn't but, work but why should why should you get the same that person needs yeah no, I, as like, a, God, like, I think you know, educate yourself. people on calories yeah. yes. and then give them recipes and then they can, if they want to only eat, eat two meals a day, they can eat two meals a day. They're still going to lose weight. They're still going to build yeah. muscle, but yeah. it's just, and I, I think, actually, it's, that, it's like that teach a man to fish sort of idea. Like if you give somebody a plan, they can't break from that plan. They can't skew from it. They don't learn from it. They don't learn how to make their meals fit calories at the end of the day and hitting mm-hmm. their targets like you don't know how to do any of that if you've just given them a plan and went follow that for six weeks oh by the way you're, you're going to lose weight because you're eating 1200 calories but i'm not going to tell you how why or where or when it's yeah. happening it's just going to happen and then the people go okay i can't afford pt anymore i don't know how to diet anymore <clears throat> and then they end up putting weight on they go back to the original weight plus beyond that because yeah. the metabolism is still so low it takes so long to catch back up mm-hmm. they've now put on another three pounds on top of their original weight yeah, no, I, I, I totally with you in that one. Uh, and I think it's like, it's, like, they maybe would be okay if they stuck to the plan Monday to Friday, but the big one is the weekend, we know this. So it's like, when you educate somebody about calories, then like, say the wine and I'm drinking tonight, I've already took, I got up this morning and knew that we were going to have a few drinks while we've done this. So then I put yeah. that in my My Fitness Pal. So then I'm working the rest of my calories around what I'm eating that day. And I, I think mean, that is it's the big one. When, if you've not educated somebody on how to approach nutrition, then that is where they're going to fall off. And yeah, they're just going time. to be like, right, that was six weeks or whatever it was, a waste. But yeah, yeah, a, yeah. I like that now that now in the fitness industry, it's a lot more evidence-based. There's yes. many different approaches and coaches are actually taking the time to educate clients on, right, this yeah. is how we're going to get to here so that once you leave 
coaching, you're still going to be able to maintain. And at the end of the day, if you actually care about your clients, you want them to sustain what they achieve Definitely. for you. So. Well, that's, if, if, if they're sustaining it, you're getting the results for them. And that feeds back into your business, obviously. So if you're yeah. able to then satisfy that client, <clears throat> they have word of mouth, that's more business. But also, you've got your, your marketing and your media, you're posting, they've hit their stone loss, they look great, they feel great, their mentality, everything's good. Then that brings yeah. more to you to keep doing the same job. And that's 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 the whole point of PT. Yeah, that's, it's that's a win-win for everybody. So like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is good the way it's changed. So... I'd like to talk about, see when we were in college, I remember the both of us, we used to have conversations all the time and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. we do this, go get my own gym. And then aye, I get in the over. fitness industry, <laughs> aye, and it's like, yeah, there's, there's loads of people out here. But since I've, well, I've kind of moved more to online now and I'm enjoying it and my clients are getting really good results. And I don't think yeah. I would want to own a gym, but you did, you went and you've just, was it the past year you've opened it? So, yeah, basically, when, basically we're almost, we're just passing you, right? We're just passing you. So you, you literally, like, we met in the MMA Paisley you know, gym yeah, yeah. and you brought me in and then you started doing classes and that there and that's where you kind of fell in love with uh, JITS, wasn't it? Like, yeah, so yeah, yeah. What do you like about JITS and why, do you, why would you encourage other people to go and do it? Or <clears> so for me, like, that, this was a time that when my, my life had slightly changed, as you probably remember anyway, but... Um, I had, so when, I think it was 2016, I got a hernia. Um, yeah. And before that, prior to that, I had injured my shoulder. So I'd been training just lower body. It's just a backstory, but at least anyway, I got to where I got to. Um, so I had obviously injured my shoulder, so I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't do any upper body. So I, I switched from training a lot to doing a lot of mobility, doing a lot of flexibility training and starting to learn like, a different side where I try to rehab this. And at the same time, I was trying to train my lower body. And I, I remember I had done actually a crunch, believe it or not, a cable crunch. And I had twisted to the side and I ended up with an inguinal hernia. So that, both of those injuries had me out for like quite a while. It was like six months before I even got the operation. I lost a lot of uh, muscle mass. I had totally stopped training. I had lost my passion for it. <clears throat> and then I got it fixed. And then after that, um, I spent a lot of time, again, rehabbing it. I was six weeks before I could even lift again after it. I just honestly had totally fallen out of training all the gear. I just, I didn't feel like my mental health really suffered. And this is where I started picking up a lot of stuff for my, how to improve your mindset. But I, I had totally lost it. Like I had, I'd fallen away from everything. And I remember I took my middle, I actually took the oldest as well, but I took both my kids, my oldest kids at the time to uh, MMA Paisley. And, I was just taking into classes. I'd given up training. I wasn't interested in anything. Like, I was just like, I'm done. And it was actually Matt that ran the gym. And he said to me, like, when are you going to join in? And I was like, well, fuck, like I'll do it then. Like, you've called me. I'd kind of be called out. Once I'm I'll called fight out, these kids, no bother. <laughs> <laughs> Start learning the ways. <laughs> no, I don't class, Chris. There's <laughs> <laughs> double legged kids everywhere. But I, I um, I so he he said to me that when you're going to come in. So I, originally I wanted to start with it was just MMA. Like I just I was more interested in that. I had no idea really about jujitsu apart from years ago when I think Marcos was still Marcos Nardini when he was still affiliated with Matt. Um, or still still taught there at his academy. So I had wanted to try it, but Marcos moved away. He moved over to Kelly, and I never ever chased it up after that. And then once I'd done one MMA class, it was basically Matt said to me. 
she's come to the jiu-jitsu class, it's on straight after, put a pair of um, pyjama bottoms on, a, a gi top, and go for it. And I fell in love with it, but more so because at the time my shoulder was still sore. Yeah. So I couldn't punch, so I couldn't throw a, 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 a cross without my, my shoulder killing me. So um, that, that was basically what started it. And from there, I just totally fell in love with it. And it was the, the problem-solving part yeah. aspect of it. You know, you like, me into it, and that's what I loved about it was the yeah. And as we're going to go on later on about mental health, it's it's really hard <laughs> to um, <laughs> worry about your problems where somebody's trying to choke your neck. And I, I think that switch yeah. off that bit. I remember, yeah. I remember watching you getting into it, and then like you're like, I'll come to a class, and I eventually went and like then we would train, know ourselves with like ah, yeah. other guys and stuff, and just and it was really good, but. I remember watching the way that you approached it and it wasn't just you went there as a hobby. You were literally studying it and you're yeah. watching videos where you weren't there. We were sitting in college or like no uni and you're sitting watching more videos and I was like, all right, yes. but <laughs> no, you that you literally turned a, a hobby into a career and that's no yeah, yeah. that's the dream really for everybody. So Well that, that, that was it. Like obviously I'm I'm only a blue belt. I'm not I'm not like when I was starting the academy, I never had ambitions of being the sole coach, that was always my problem because as much as as a community and community should support each other, it's a big, and I, quite rightly so, like it's quite a big thing for somebody of such a, a low level to have an academy. So for me, it was always build it up, get it busy, and then get someone with a, like a, I don't want to say like who's legit because most people are legit, but I wanted somebody that's got a good lineage that fits fits the academy that fits the way I am fits the way that I train and I ended up meeting obviously Shawnee and he was the guy that, that came in and he's now been our kind of head coach for Jets for the last I don't know six, nearly six months well apart from the if you take away the lockdown it'll be six months you've brought people together and like so say yeah. some people that might be very high level in grappling or Jets um, they won't have the time maybe maybe they've got normal jobs they don't have the time to go and start a gym and whereas with your business background and PT it's kind of yep. all flowed well and you yourself obviously understand the importance of bringing skilled people in and you're doing exactly. it so. like for, for me that's a, that's a big thing like I know how to run a gym I know how to run the business I'm not I'm not I never ever or I wouldn't expect myself to be like the head coach like that's not fair like I don't have the experience and I don't have the the level I can get people there, and I have, and mm-hmm. people have said that, like, it reflects on the guys that are there, but for me, my, my whole goal was bring the gym up to a high standard, I've got my fitness, I've got my university degree, or whatever, like, that means nothing to me, really, like, let's be honest, it's just a bit of paper, but yeah. it was more experience, it gave me a, a different outlet, it backed up what I knew, um, and for me, I was like, I'll bring the, the strength and conditioning side, the, the weight training side, the sport development side and I want good coaches that are then going to take place of what I was trying to deliver yeah. and then I can go back to enjoying training myself bringing bringing guys in and getting them up to a high level under the tutelage of somebody that's that's at that level that should be doing yeah, it. You so. need somebody to run the business if you can't keep the lights on in the gym people are going to have a gym to train in so I think you've done exactly. it the right way uh, what type of sort of atmosphere is it like in the gym what type of community or people do you bring together it's actually quite a good, a broad mix, to be honest. Like, so with Bobby's guys, like they uh, also do Muay Thai. But Bobby's a great coach with like thirty years experience, like or over thirty years. He's an older, he's an older guy. We're well, not old, but he's an older guy. So mm-hmm. this is his life. It's been his life, and fighting's his life. 
but he breeds good fighters. But all the guys are great, so you've got a massive mix from you've got young teenagers, um, young female teenagers, all the way through to older adults uh, doing the Thai boxing, and then from the jiu-jitsu side and the wrestling side and strength and conditioning side, again, it's just another mix. It's young, younger adults. We also get kids classes as well. So got, it's, I was going to ask that. Yeah. You've got like kids classes and stuff, yeah? Yeah, we've, we've got kids classes, both Thai and uh, jiu-jitsu and wrestling. So they start from like four years up to like 15. And then once you hit 15, you're moving into the adult side. But that's always been my number Hopefully for their own sake. You take care of yourself. But um, really... My goal was always just to weed out bad eggs. Like I would never have somebody that's an arsehole really in the gym. Like that's never, it's never, it's never going to be the place it's meant to be. Like other, I'm not, I'm not even going to say other gyms are because I've never been to every single gym. So that would just be following the suit. Everybody saying that a certain gym's full of yeah. egomaniacs when it, it might not be. That just might be their experience or their view. But there are some gyms that might have a, a harder, a harder view or a harder atmosphere. But <clears throat> we're not that kind of gym. Yeah, yeah, you're not just because we used to always talk about it um, with jets like chasing yeah. tapping somebody rather than yeah, just yeah, actually yeah. learning the skill. And no, yeah. I don't do it anymore, but I remember that was a, a big thing. And I, I got that sort of approach was the right approach rather than yeah. just try to hurt somebody because you do get people out there that are just trying to go look at me because ah, yeah, somebody's been doing it two weeks. And, it's, yeah. and don't get me wrong, like we've all probably had like a wee, a, you, you want that, like everybody gets that wee minute, but. I would rather see somebody come in and go, I get tapped five times, but you know what? I learned how to pass guard and that's all I was trying to do the whole time. You're like, amazing. Like that that's the yeah. whole point. Like you're supposed to be getting better. Like tapping somebody's only one percent of the skill. Mm -hmm. That's the end goal. But you've got to be able to pass all the different guards, play off their defences, play off their sweeps, sweep them yourself, pin them, control them, submit them. Yeah. So you've got so many other things that you've got to do before you get there. So let's work on those ninety things before we even think about getting to the sub. We can focus on the subs when it's coming up for comps and when we look to get aggression up and all that stuff. But really, let's let's focus on the skill development and acquisition before we start looking at just subbing again. Actually, you're not going to let people come in and get bullied. Basically, you want to create a nice positive no. atmosphere in the gym. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But and that's, that's that, that, yeah. That's what probably a lot of people are scared to go and you no know, try out something like that is because. <laughs> The but like horror stories are some gyms and like oh no I went there and this happened and that happened and yeah and it is a really as I've done it for a wee bit and it is fun and you no know, I think it'd be a great idea if I have kids I'm going to put them into it because yeah definitely. it does teach them it just teaches them discipline as well as self defence like, that, that's, that's well under pressure especially especially for females you know like yeah that that should be the especially jiu-jitsu and wrestling and striking like you should have it all but. Rapes, you don't. A lot of rapes don't start standing. I know that's a bit heavy, but they don't yeah. start standing up. It's on the ground, and mm -hmm. if you can't understand how to control or subdue somebody on the ground, that's when that's when we're going to start running into problems. So for me, like for females, jiu-jitsu and wrestling, like a hundred percent, because that's the one that starts. And you always find, I think, like coaching. If I'm showing a female an exercise, they always listen a lot better, and they follow yes. every single wee step. And Detail that's why better. females that get into like jits or like lifting, that's why they do so well because they do listen to every when you get guys come in about like, right, shut up, mate, I know how to squat and you're like, right, cool. So uh, the issue also is guys are stronger naturally. Excuse me, sorry. Um guys are naturally stronger, so they can muscle things. They can muscle yeah. out muscle technique. Whereas females can't, they're not as strong and a lot of females are outnumbered by guys, maybe three to one or in some cases like five to one. 
So I feel only female in the gym. You ain't going to muscle every single guy in there. I'm not saying you can't, but it's highly unlikely. So that's where they start to get better at their nuances with the skill, the subtle, subtle parts of the skill. And being able to pick up finer details, whereas guys will just be like, I'll just rip that arm off anyway, regardless yeah. of how I'm holding it or however I control the guy. If I'm just going to snap on an armbar, I'm snapping it on. It, it just happens. So females, much better skill acquisition than guys. So yeah, ladies, <laughs> don't be scared to go and try jets. <laughs> Reaper grappling. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> right, so I remember when we were in uh, college, we used to yeah. talk about this, and I remember the, when we were doing the HNC, we yes. never really talked to each other. Like, <laughs> you sat at one end, I sat at the other. That, so that's when I was still having like really bad like, anxiety and panic attacks. So yeah. I just didn't want to speak to him. <laughs> I, I was just always like that anyway. Like, I was always kind of, unless I really know somebody, then I to, I, I'm not loud. And that is, after, we talked about it once we got into the HND about how we felt anxious and you no know, dead self aware yeah. and stuff like that. And just before we come on here, we were talking about. I was saying, when I was in school, I've always been chubby. Like, that's just the way yeah. I've always been. And yeah. when I was in school, I always had a thought, but like, when I get older, I'll be ripped. All this, <laughs> that anxious, being in holiday with my T-shirt on, all that, all the problems will be solved because I get ripped. And then I lost a wee bit of weight, and then I realised, oh, no, I've still got all the same problems. And if it, and it made me worse because like, then you yeah. get a bit depressed about it because you've worked this hard to achieve this mm-hmm. so, yes. why the fuck have I still got my um, no anxiety why am I depressed I, I should be happy and it's like for men men don't like talking about this stuff it's yeah, very yeah. so <clears throat> my dad maybe your I, dad's generation I sorry just push it down <laughs> <laughs> I start on that <laughs> uh, so how what kind of uh, troubles you had over the years with anxiety and so, even just mental health in general? So a reason a reason that I, I always actually really felt uncomfortable. I've had I've had body dysmorphia, I've, I've suffered it all and I've had loads of issues from it until I kinda get a wee bit older and I just realised who gives a fuck man, like you're gonna die anyway, so just die fucking happy, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So for me like I, I used to work in W H Smith, right? And I was I worked in the magazine section, right? And you would always be putting out magazines, bodybuild mags for a start, female pop type, shit, whatever the fucking whole shit is, right? That sort of stuff. You're putting that out. You're putting all that stuff out. Photoshop stuff. Aye, but they're constantly promoting size zero for females and ripped and shredded for, for males. And I always felt I didn't fit ever. Like, I was like, I'll never ever look like that. Even if I start training, like, you've got to take gear. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. Like, I'll never ever feel feel like I fit in with these people mm-hmm. and then that, that made me feel really conscious about going to the gym eventually I bit the bullet went to the gym and I started getting those results so this is just like a kind of off story as well like I started getting bigger stronger leaner shredded like all the stuff that you think that you want but I remember one time and it's, it's I'll be personal but it's the reality of it I was trying to sleep with something and I couldn't even get an erection like I couldn't even get hard because I was my, my calves were like 50 Right. Like and I had I had that had oh I'm just like oh check these abs out gleaming I'm like right. and I couldn't even get with them. Right. <laughs> it was fucking nuts. That is, and it's it's not healthy by any means. No, it's, it's not healthy. A mixture of the starvation you do, yep. and yep. then it is the way that you get to that point, and you expect you should be happy. 
and you've yeah. still got all these issues. And I think that's the, it's the, see if you're younger and somebody sat at your side and look, you're not, probably not going to believe me, but see when you dig get yeah. a six pack, you're not going to be happy. Going to do me a favour and still try and aim for the six pack, but start thinking more about how your brain works and think yeah. about, yeah, yeah. like, how are you going to, why do you want to get like that? Because you want people to like you. Well, why don't you just try and sort of be a likable guy and know that? Ah, but it's all that yeah. thing is how you think impacts the here and now. And it's, I, I, I honestly think of that. And even when I yeah. got skinnier, and I still was on it, wasn't, I wasn't happy when I started focusing on how my brain worked and how I thought about stuff and how I yeah. approached things and problems in life, then it was a kind of game changer. And that's where the, you the, can, sorry. One, you know. one of the, no, no, I was just going to say, one, one of the biggest issues at 21 to 26, you think you know fucking everything. You think yeah. you are, you've experienced life when you've not. So you think those things matter. Like you're like, ah. Oh, I need to look good, I need to get a female, I need to do this, I need to, I need to be a certain way, but all of that just begets a, a more negative mindset. Like, I, I had, people were telling me, like, oh, you look, you look big, you look good, and I'm like, nah, I'm not big enough, I'm not, yeah. I'm not lean enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm neither of those things, and honestly, as much as getting that hernia changed my life, like, for the worst, because I couldn't train, and I'd stopped training for two years or whatever, it totally made me feel that or made me realise that I wasn't invincible and that eventually that I had to actually grow up and, and start thinking about other things than six six packs and legs. Although I'm yeah. still I'm still back on the leg train, but um, Yeah, but you're you approaching it with a different mindset. Yeah. You're you're chasing you it for the right it. reasons. Yeah, you've got to train for the right reasons. Got it, on you go. No, I was just saying you've got to try you've got to train for the right reasons. Right. It's got you it should be to feel good mentally, physically, to be my, my goal, I was actually speaking about this earlier on the day, was somebody said to me, which I go for training, and I said, I want to be able to walk when I'm 80. Yeah. I and I, that, that. He just kind of looked at me, and I was like, but the reality is, I might not even live to 80, but if I fucking do live to 80, I want to be able to walk to the shops. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I want to be able to get off the toilet. I want to be able to get down the stairs and feed myself. I don't want to be living in a bed, miserable, at 80, 80 years old. Do you know what I mean? I'd rather just fucking somebody talk me. Like that, that for me now is how I allocate training. Yeah, and I was, I was saying this last week. It's, that's why I have that chat with clients and go, look, do you want to play with your grandkids when you're no, 70? Yeah. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you're trying to chase that sort of ego body and you've yeah. got that attitude towards training, if I get this, I'll be happy, then that's when you start training wrong. You could have stopped three reps earlier and done it better, which wouldn't have led to so much risk of injury. Yeah, 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 big time. It just overall, when you start thinking about, right, I want to get fit because it's for me, it's for my family, it cho- totally changes how you approach everything yeah. in life, even yeah. like your business. But when you start putting into perspective why you're doing things, then it's a lot healthier way to be because yeah. you do things differently like for anybody else. Whereas, let's be honest, when we're trying to get like six packs and that, when we're 20, we we're only doing yeah. it for ourselves. We're doing it to try and get other guys to sort of go, oh, I respect ah, you and people, women to fancy you. People still do it. Yeah. A lot of people, would, like, it sounds too simple, but if you're getting up in the morning and you're chasing a dream because you want other people to like you, then you're not happy within yourself. So you really need to sort of take a look and evaluate your own life, put into perspective why you're doing things, and just yep. start being a bit more positive about who gives a fuck if you, you know, put on a, if you go up 5% body fat, 
your missus is still going to love you. Your mum is not going to disown you. No, so yeah. put it into perspective and realise that anxiety isn't because your like, depression and the way your mental state mm-hmm. is, isn't because the way your body is. Obviously, being fit and training is going to help improve that, but just because you get a six-pack doesn't mean you're going to have all your mental um, problems. Just <laughs> yeah. You still you need don't feel any better. I, I, I like to kind of put it as an analogy, and I was saying this the other day to my pal, is... Um, you have a bigger house. It's just mere it's mere rooms to be empty and to feel empty and to be depressed in. Like nothing, nothing is better. You just have mere space to feel worse in. So yeah. for me, like I said, like with mental health, I had panic disorder for a while, but I stopped calling it anxiety recently. I've I've stopped calling it anxiety and I've started calling it hyper arousal because. I wasn't mentally. I wasn't in a bad place. Like my life was good. I wasn't worrying about it, and I don't worry about stuff. I'm quite uh, level-minded, and I, I rationalise everything. Even when I spoke to a mental health nurse, she was like, do you want the good news or the bad news? And I went, just give me the fucking day. Like, it doesn't matter. Right. She's like, the good news is you're not depressed. And I'm like, well, I, don't, I didn't think I was depressed. Like, I feel great. But they're like, but you do have anxiety. And I'm like, but I don't. I just don't. I know I don't. Like, I know I'm not an anxious person. Like, I can go into a room of 50 people and take a class. No yeah. bother. Like, and I have no issue with that at all. And it wasn't until I started really, really like analysing everything, and that's just the kind of mind that I'm, I analyse everything. And that's why I enjoy jiu-jitsu so much, because you analyse movement patterns and position, how you displace your weight and stuff. But anyway, I started realising that I was doing too much. Like, my lifestyle was too hectic. I was running about after the three kids. I was taking my classes. I was trying to do the gym. I had three gyms. I had to move three times to, to settle, decorating them all. I wasn't sleeping at night because I was still out at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock training. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to step back for that. And that was kind of, that was something that I had to take a bit of an ego check on myself was accepting that I wasn't 21 as well. And I was now coming up for 30 and I, had to, I, I was training with um, Cammy and that and they had a place over at Pro Life. And I love training with the guys, but I had to step back because it was so late at night that I was still staying at the ceiling at three o'clock in the morning and then getting up at six to take the wings to school. And that was the issue for me was I ended up with stomach ulcers they gave me propanolol, they were wanting to put me on antidepressants. Everything, anything that you can think of, they were trying to throw at me, and I'm like, no, and eventually a nurse just sat me down and went, what's your day-to-day like? And I was like, I've got uni, the kids, school runs, classes, I'm doing up the gyms, I'm trying to run a PT business, and she's like, that's fucking too much. She's like, that's the issue, she's like, that's too much. And that's why I was saying, see, at the beginning, when you asked me how lockdowns treat me, I feel great. This yeah. is the, the least amount I've done, and I've been training nearly every second day, Sleeping better, eating better, feeling mentally better, and able to attack the day better. So for me, sometimes mental health, as much as it is, it's a struggle. Sometimes you just need to analyse and have a look at: Am I causing it? Like, am yeah. I bringing some of this stuff upon me, or is it outside factors? Is it something that happened when I was younger? Like, all that you need to start thinking about stuff that you you, you wouldn't usually you think about to try and to put your finger on it. Do you know what I mean? And it is like it's if your brain's doing overtime all the time, it's going to get exhausted, yep. which is then going to you no know, tumble into other things, and you're going to be short tempered. You're going to if you're, you no know, have got a high yeah, pressure yeah, yeah, job, yeah. then you no know, you're going to be anxious. It's just it all builds up. So I think it is important for people to evaluate your current life, and if you aren't happy, then pick out what you are doing for one for somebody else. If you yep. can be a bit selfish, because like, it's, it's weird to say, but you need to be selfish I in life people. sometimes. I've, I've you've got to be selfish. You've and got to say no. 
it's like they always say about like coaching. If you don't keep, take care of yourself and if you're not taking a bit of time to take care of yourself, then how can you expect to look after somebody else's health? Yeah, so, exactly. I think exactly. That, that's what I had to do. I had to say no to people. Like I, I used to take the kids to school in the morning as well. And as, as bad as it sounds, I had to say no. I was like, to the kids, mum, uh, you have to start changing your shifts at work. Like I can't keep taking the kids to school and picking them up. And I'm training late at night. And I'm working late at night. Like it's not being selfish, but it is because you're having to look after yourself and say no to people. But exactly, you can't you can't look after someone or make someone else happy until you you, you sort yourself out. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's why. You should read that stoicism because that's what that's yeah. about. It's just about making a, it's a philosophy to live by, but you're trying to make yourself, your inner self, the best self, but the happiest self to be able to then relay that out to everybody else as well. Yeah, then you can help other people and see people care about you enough. Yeah, as long as you approach the problem in the right way with the right language, if they yeah. care about you, they're going to take time, listen to you, and do what they can to help you. But yeah. I think that's, that was great, Chris. Thanks a lot. Just before you go. Can you give us your top tip to live by? Just make yourself happy. That, that's honestly like... Short, simple, brilliant. Yeah, just make so, sure you're happy. Where can people find you, Chris? Instagram and handles? So, so social media-wise, media uh, we are uh, just Reaper Grappling on both Facebook and Instagram. We're located, uh, if you ever come to train, if you ever want to pop in, just say hello or have a chat or anything. Uh, we're located in Linwood, just down past the Malcolms on Lions Road. Um, you'll, uh, there's a lot of kind of big industrial units there, so you'll need to kind of look for a yard that says DS Carriers, but we are just right in there. So if you're ever looking to say hello, just pop in. Brilliant. Right, that was amazing. Thanks, Chris. And I'll no see you later. Sense.